Hello, photography lovers, and welcome to another episode of the Fashion Photography Podcast. My name is Virginia Y, and I just got older. So I want to say big thank you to all of you who reached out to me to wish me some beautiful things. And I hope you will experience exactly the same things and that we'll get the chance to do it together. It was so amazing to see that you guys were actually happy about my birthday. And it was just another time that you made me feel like you are my second family. Or should I say just my family? Thank you, guys. I also want to say that Christmas is coming and 2020 is just around the corner. So we had this gorgeous idea to make a Q&A episode. So if you want to hear our answers to business, marketing, photography, or even personal questions, you can reach out to us with a DM on our Instagram account, photography underscore podcast. Or if you prefer talking like I do, you can go to photographypodcast.net. On each and every episode, we give you the option to record your question. We'll receive it and we'll be able to even include it in the Q&A podcast. Another way to do it is through our Facebook group called Fashion Photography Lovers. In other words, there are so many ways to reach out to us, so don't hesitate to do it. And if you feel like email is the best way, just go again to the website photographypodcast.net and send us an email. But let me tell you more about today's episode. We talk about moving between cities. What are the pros and cons and what are the challenges? How our guest built her connections in the new city she went to. And if you're into building relationships and starting connections, she's also sharing how to find the right contacts of the people you want to work with. Of course, once you find them, you've got to reach out to them. And that's why we're discussing how to structure your email to make sure that people will read it. Now you know what are going to be the topics in today's episode, so let's just roll it. Hello, my name is Anczerne, and I am a conceptual and fashion photographer from Poland, currently based in Warsaw, coming from a wonderful city, Katowice. And yeah, I am currently focused on, on photography mostly. So I know that you have a background in photography in terms of your education. Can you tell us a bit about this? I've graduated Academy of Photography in Krakow. It was a one-year study, and even though it took only one year, it prepared me quite well to start my more professional way to approach my photography. What was the reason for you to move from your city to Versailles? The whole industry is here. So it was actually an obvious step to take. That was the main reason many of my friends who are makeup artists, photographers, stylists moved here. Have you ever thought of moving somewhere else? Around Europe or maybe the US? Tell me more about it. Yeah, that would be extremely great to live in US, even though I, I haven't been there yet. But experiences of my friends, everyone's dream to go there. And I would love to live there for a while and try the opportunities there. And in Europe, I guess I would love to live in London sometime. Because it's, I felt very good there when I visited the place. 
it's so eclectic, I would say. And I mean people, they're mm-hmm. diverse. That's what I love about it. And maybe in Spain. Ooh, Spain, I would definitely come there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I love Spain so much. You should definitely go to Spain because it's absolutely amazing country. It's very, very beautiful. And the people are just so warm and welcoming. And I think the industry there is going really, really well. Yeah, that's true. And what about the industry in Rosal? You've been there for a year now. Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? What would you like to see more of? It's getting even more creative than it used to be, especially in the field of video. I'm like amazed by productions made here. Everything that happens in Poland and it's important in the field of photography and video happens here. We have amazing artists here to follow. I would say it's very inspiring. It's easy to get connections here. What I would say that I miss a little bit is the community to be a little bit more open for nuance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because you know how it works that people know each other. They're used to the people they work with. And it is a little bit hard to get in. But it's not impossible. Poland is not a huge country. It's not also small, of course, but I miss a little bit of easier way to, to connect with professionals, I would say. What have worked for you in terms of connections? I finally get to Instagram more and I started to care about promoting my art and it helped me a lot. I was really supl- surprised about it how quickly it can work. For example, you reached out to me. I don't know if that would happen if I wouldn't, I don't know, post, submit to, for example, fashion editorial or or be published in, in some magazines. In terms of connections, writing emails a lot, it helped me to gain some contacts. Let's talk about emails because this is a topic that everyone is excited about, but not everyone knows how to write down an email and it's obviously working for you. So maybe you can give us some guidelines on what to do and not to do and how to structure an email. Being short, people really don't have time to read your emails because they're getting more and more of them. Write it short and put all most important things about yourself and maybe not at the beginning. I think at the beginning, you should say, what do you want to offer to the person you're writing to and make it detailed, but as I said, short. Yeah, and send many of them. It's sometimes worth trying because you might be surprised who will answer you back. Let's imagine that you're sending me an email. What can I find in it? First of all, are you going to greet me? Are you going to use my name? Are you going to tell me who you are? Let's pretend that we are reading an email like this. Okay. Definitely starting with uh, a nice welcoming. I discovered that you don't have to be very formal. I get just hello or hi at the beginning. Try to, to write it in a more relaxed way. As I said at the beginning, I try to underline why I'm writing. So why I want to consume some, time, some, some person uh, time shortly describing, for example, that uh, I would like to present my work and kindly ask for a review or a consideration to publish it, things like that. And then 
I used to put a description of the material, but now I skip it because it made a message very, very long. So I go straight to the introduction of myself. So I write only the most important things like the most important publications, exhibitions, and that I was graduated from the Academy of Photography. Mm -hmm. And that's it. At the end, I just repeat a request that I put at the beginning. I thank for the time of the person and then I end the email. That was detailed. Thank you so much for it. I really get the feeling that text is very important for you because if we go to your website, we'll see that bits of text for each and every project. Tell us more about the importance of text along images for you. And also, you can share your website with us. Uncherne.pl. I think we can put it in the notes. Of course. <laughs> and it's also in the show notes of the podcast, just as usual, guys. You can find the show notes on photographypodcast.net. For me, it's important to kind of make people who are interested in viewing my work to understand what I was meaning, what I was intended to do, and what effort sometimes I put to carry out a project. It is important for me to underline the amount of work sometimes to show what I've done, that sometimes it's only about the photography, that I also did a post-production, or that I was also responsible for a set design. And the conception, that's the most important thing for me, because that's what I care most about in my photography, a concept. So I like to describe it to help to interact with my, with my work. So that's why I try to put a description in every single project. Concept is also very important for you. And uh, we can definitely say that because I personally think you are the one person coming up with the ideas for your photo shoots, right? Yes. If you can tell us how the idea is coming to you, what do you do? Do you sketch it out? Do you write it down? What's your process of coming up with the idea? I'm being honest about it when I write it on my website or when I put it in the notes in some articles about me, that it's really like this, that most of the time I just, for example, walk somewhere and I have all of a sudden a frame in my head. And that's the beginning of a project. Sometimes it's that I see something or I talk about something and all of a sudden I have an image in my head. It's usually with a concept, like for example, the pink project I have on my website with this translucent material I used, mm -hmm. these portraits with hair coming up. It just suddenly appeared in my head. I don't know how it happens. It just happens. So I don't find that. I need to sketch it. Uh, write down in the second when I see it in my head I really need to sketch it because I'm so afraid I'm going to forget I'm a terrible drawer I feel you <laughs> <laughs> it's a common thing for us so I also add some description to <laughs> sometimes explain to myself what I'm meaning it happens that when I start with this first frame sometimes I already have another frames in my mind Or later, I just sit down and look at it, and I come up with other ideas to close the story. 
That's interesting because my handwriting is also awful. So when I sketch out something, even if I write down something along next to it, it's just so not working for anyone in the team. Yes. But tell me, how do you give the idea to the team afterwards? I used to send my drawings anyway with those descriptions. Now I just show them and explain through the phone call, for example, because it doesn't make sense to send them because they're obviously terrible and clear only for me. I just talk. That's all I can do. And I try to as detailed as I can to engage people from my team and make them understand what we are doing here, really. And it works, luckily. Can you point us to a project from your website that was really hard to explain to the team? It wasn't even a team because it was just me and models, but the project that I made last year for the photography contest of Vogue and Sex at PL, that was a hard one because finding a model to represent something that I think about sexuality wasn't an easy one and only because of help of my friends who suggested me who I can try to write about it led me to actually carry out this project. Okay, so I believe maybe some people are lost at the moment. So can you give us more information about the contest and then tell us more about the idea? Anja Rubik started her project here in Poland about sexual education. So she promotes it and her organization uh, published a book about it. And part of the promotion of the project was a photography contest about sexuality. And it was free to interpret this and to carry out a project, the one you, you just had in mind. And I took a part in it and I did a very, I would say, paint-like photography pictures writing to people about uh, wanting to carry out a project in which you want to make people think about what sexuality is and that you need to have your face covered with a material, you will need to cover your intimate places with a mirror and explaining why you want to do it wasn't an easy stuff. It was harder with female model. And finally, my best friend did it. I was writing, I don't know, about 15 people and they didn't agree. And finally, I talked to my best friend who is after a cool art also. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, I can do it. It's natural for me. I know what act is about. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. But only because of that, I could make that project. That was the hardest one for me because of the concept itself. and getting people to trust me. Have you ever thought of doing it by yourself, like self-portrait? At the end, I was like thinking that, well, I can do it. But I really wanted to be in the back of the camera to see what's going on, to make it mirror-like. So it would be harder just because of this and technical stuff and, and framing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a control, so it was a huge help to finally have a model and a best friend on set carrying out one of my most important projects. What happened after the project was already over? For me, the whole project was a huge breakthrough. It pointed me also at the direction I want to also take now in photography, simply to talk about things through images. But also it made me to finally make that decision to move to Warsaw. 
What happened is that I finally focused all my forces only on photography. Since you've been at the capital of Poland for already one year, what are the highlights from this past year? As I said, many people moved out here, so it's easier to contact a makeup artist, stylist and, and work here. So it was easier just to plan everything. And I met some really cool people that I can simply talk about photography with them. I missed that a lot after Academy of Photography. Just have an opportunity to review my work with someone. You know how hard it is sometimes to select photographies. I met some people who are helping me to select my work, to review it. That's the second one. And the third one would be the energy of the city. As now I can see many people working here every day on Instagram, Facebook. I can see people working, doing some creative stuff. At the beginning, when I moved here, I was working at the studio as an assistant. So I could watch people every day doing something creative and it motivated me too. Do you ever doubt yourself or your work? And that, by the way, is a question inspired by one of our listeners, Lydia Tsirkova. How do you cope with lack of self-confidence? People who are around me, my boyfriend, my mom and friends who are a huge support for me because they are very pragmatic persons. If they are believing in my artistic way and everything I'm doing about it, if they believe that I can, there is something about it because they, I know they are honest with me. Having the right people is very important, but I think also conversation and to initiate it is the key. Because if you just feel very unconfident in your work and you never tell the people around you how uncomfortable you are, it's never going to be a conversation and they will never have the chance to actually support you. That's true. I'm also honest about this with the closest team I have and I work with. I always tell them that I am super stressed. I always care too much, I would even say, about production and the day before photo shoot I'm like freaking out and they know about it that's also important for me that the the closest team they're okay with that and they also supportive in that but also I have to tell you that when I was listening to podcasts your podcasts it Aww. kind of warmed me yeah really I wanted to tell you that at the beginning that it worked me finding out that people photographers from different parts of the world actually have similar patterns in thinking or similar experience it's huge it's like okay i'm fine then if they're having the same experiences and thinking then they're successful and doing a wonderful great work then okay <laughs> it really it really warmed my heart i must say that Oh, that's so very sweet i hope it's working also for other people thank you so much for sharing I this with yes. me <laughs> it's really, really nice. And it's true that there is a pattern usually mm -hmm. with the success. And sometimes people just have to wait for success. And it's a long wait. And it's it's very nerve-wracking. So yes. <laughs> knowing that other very successful people have had the same experience, I think you're right. It's very helpful. 
And can you tell me how do you cope with some lack of self-sureness? I think at some point when you get the clarification from the client, feel more and more confident in yourself. I don't think this feeling will ever disappear simply because we're people and we're... Sure. Yeah, we're not sure about anything. And you cannot be sure, especially in 21st century when everything is moving just so fast and we have to try to move with it. But we're human. So yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. I do stuff close to the things that you do. I talk to my George. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Pretty much just with him, to be honest. And uh, I really share a lot with my team, just as you said, because I truly believe that two people can come up with more decisions than just one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if there is a problem, I'm just going to say it out loud. Sometimes I'm even sharing it with the client and I'm like, okay, so I'm concerned about this and this. I think we can prevent it by doing this and this, but I'm going to be open about it. I'm a very, very bad liar. <laughs> <laughs> so what I have found for myself is that something that's really working for me is to share the truth and share it out loud and share it with confidence again, because I'm true believer that every problem have its own solution. And if we think carefully about that, we can come up with it. And I'm open for suggestions. <laughs> so I'm okay to share this with my team or my soulmate or my client and just think about the solutions that we can come up together. So see pattern again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's 100% agreed. Like that's the steps you can take to make yourself feel comfortable and more and more confident about something. Because I think we all as humans, not only photographers, have a tendency sometimes to keep everything in our minds only mm -hmm. and not want to bother other people about it. And it's like you should sometimes because, as you said, they can come up with some idea that may be the simplest one, but you haven't seen it. Yeah. Sometimes all you need to do is just ask. Or they can even just reassure you that you're not the only one with the same problem. For example... Yeah. We had a podcast recently with Rita Charluca, and she's absolutely mm -hmm. amazing. What I love about her is how open she is. If she's having a problem with something, she's going to say it out loud. So for example, a few weeks back, she made a story about the stuff that are bothering her at the moment with her work. And she started a chat about it. And it's an actual chat. It started in Instagram and then... Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people are in the chat right now, but let's say about 20 people. And we're now on Facebook because it's easier for everyone. And everyone is sharing problems. And this group is just so uplifting. And I love it. I want to do something like that, inspired by her for the Fashion Photography Podcast. And maybe by the time this podcast is out, there is a group like that. So guys, look for it. Ask about it in the Facebook group, Fashion Photography Lovers. Maybe there is already something like this, but I love how people, you know what? Sometimes people are sharing what they're doing today. Mm -hmm. And it's something very simple. For example, some of the people are just resting today. Other people are retouching because most of the people in the group are retouchers. And sometimes someone is asking something very deep and very good for the industry overall. 
And it's starting a conversation and everyone is just so, as I said, uplifting. And I think this is exactly the conversation that we need because working in the art business, it's a difficult task. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> we need support systems and we need to build those support systems around us. I think it's very important. So one of the things that people can do, as you said, is to share with their closest ones. But we should also be very open about our problems. Yeah, I think that's very important what you said, because like in the, as you said, in the 21st century, it's really confusing to live now. And what we mostly see on social media, for example, is only a success of someone. Yeah. Uh, not seeing the way they had to go through to, to actually be there. So talking about struggles and not only struggles, but some small bumps on the way. Yeah. Or some positive stuff too is a huge thing for all of us. We meet first on social media today and then mm -hmm. we transfer this meeting in person. And that is also okay. As you said, sometimes we meet people from really, really far away. And it's so amazing to have these technologies today. But... Technologies are going in a very weird direction. Yes. What do you think is going to happen next? Let's just go wild now. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it a lot during the podcasts I was listening to. Mm -hmm. I think that we're so a lot into moving pictures right now. There's all 3D things coming in our ways. There are renders, millions of things you can use to even mix photography with something and i want to believe <laughs> that after all we're going to stick to things that are simple because imagine instagram or facebook covered only with videos and not still photography or only with some vrs I think it would be too engaging and too confusing to people. So I think that after all, it will be some returns and coming backs of different mediums in art fields. But I hope and want to believe that after all, we're going to stick to the things we know the best and it's going to be video and photography. That's interesting. Are you thinking like that or you're hoping it's going to be like that? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> But it's based on history. We have tendencies as humans. Also, we like to consume things fast. Yeah. So watching photography, for example, has some different advantages. Let's take watching a catwalk when you can see all new silhouettes from a brand, for example. And then you have photographies of, from that catwalk. Photographies allows you to read details because on the video or on the streaming, you see each style just for a few seconds. And I think that people will want to have the ability to see things fast, read them fast, know them fast. And that's why photography won't be gone. I think it's very interesting that you mentioned the history of photography and the history of the world overall, because I know we're going very deep into this. So guys, don't worry, we are changing the topic. <laughs> but things are repeating themselves. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting for sure. I cannot wait until we have all these holograms in front of us, like in the movies. 
So I'm super excited yeah. about the future. I don't know if I'm chill about it, but I'm very excited about it. <laughs> We're going to see what's going to happen. Do you want to tell us about the most difficult photo shoot that you've done so far? Maybe a little bit logistically complicated was the one with the story that is called Marble. But it's just because I had to carry out a lot of things with me. And it's always a problem, to be honest moving things as I like to build sets. I usually have all my team with me. We're driving together. So it's always a hard part logistically for me to take all of things and not to forget anything on the photo shoot. So when I have some really huge parts of the set design, moving it sometimes from one city to another, it's a challenge sometimes just because it's not mobile enough. You work with color in a very interesting way. For example, you have several photo shoots on your website where you mix colors. Do you want to tell us what was the biggest challenge about it? I always create color palettes before shooting because of two reasons. Sometimes it's a location that already has its colors and I try to match colors of style, makeup to make it work in post-production. I try to use harmonies, color harmonies for that. Actually, I, I already said about the second one. It's because of the color grading and the decisions I want to make after in post to make it all pleasant. I plan the color palettes before and try to match everything or create a color palette I want to see after all and work for the specific project. Can you tell us more about the editorial you did for Marie Claire Serbia? Oh, with pleasure. Its core was a place itself. It was made in Dombrova Gurnica, which won't tell you anything, but it's close to my home city. So actually, the, the location is like a younger brother of the Palace of Culture here in Warsaw. Mm -hmm. Because it's also a palace of culture and it's a little bit nostalgic. The place made me want to create kind of a very romantic and dreamy photo shoot, almost with a touch of a fantasy. In the dynamic of some of the shoot, I wanted to make it very, very beautiful and also use the light that is there because it's very, very specific. It makes a lot of contrast there because the light was coming through huge windows from one side. So it was mm -hmm. like side, side lighting and I had shadows on the other side, but it kind of helped me to achieve what I wanted there because I was mainly doing the photo shoot inside the halls of the building. But also we did some shoots in the theater, which finally ended up as a opening picture of the editorial where you can see the model standing and clapping her hands mm -hmm. among empty chairs. And it was all, of course, prepared before. That was actually one of the first frames I had in my mind when I was thinking about this photo shoot. Do you usually shoot the very first photo that you have in mind as the very first photo on set? No, that was the last one. <laughs> and actually, I that was the decision of Marie Claire to put it as a first picture. And I think it was a really good decision. It had a great impact on this editorial, I think, after all, putting this photo as the first one. 
And so in this case, it's a coincidence that it was also a first image I had in my mind. Mm -hmm. Did Marie Claire ask you for this photo shoot beforehand or you decided to submit it afterwards? Uh, no, I was submitting it. Okay. Do you want to tell us more about submitting? What was your first submission, if you remember it? And what are your tips for the people on submissions? Uh, well, I think it's a very important uh, topic because, as we discussed, it's about also settling some connections. Mm -hmm. And it helps a lot because sometimes you may get in response a proposition to carry out a new photo shoot for them directly to get some commission work. So I encourage people to do that because it's a huge opportunity. My first submission was Hero magazine. It's a Polish one. Mm -hmm. It was with the transition project I have done. It was my first submission. And how do I do it? Well, I did a lot of it. I can say that I'm experienced in that. And I really can give advice about it. Perfect. So we're asking the right person. Writing a short message fully describing everything that's important for you in the specific project and about yourself is, I think it's really, really important. Timing, because yeah. while we're in different time zones and you really need to take that into consideration because sometimes sending an email at the right time is a key. Crucial, yeah. Yeah. For example, sometimes you send an email and you get a response after three weeks If you send it in at the right time, you may have an answer at the same day. Yeah. Taking care about that, really searching for emails. It took me around two months. It was during this vacation. I built a huge database, which is filled with hundreds of emails. Oh, maybe then you have some suggestions for us on how to do it the easier way. There is no easy way. <laughs> you need to sit down and search. Sometimes you can find emails directly on the website of the magazine. Sometimes, even if you find them, it might turn out that this is not the best way to contact this specific magazine. It might turn out that you have to write them on Instagram. Maybe not submitting the work directly, but they may write you, oh, we love your work. Please send an email to this address. And it may not be in their website, for example. So that's a second way. And the third way is also to look through. I also try to reach out people on LinkedIn now. Yeah, LinkedIn is a great option. Yeah. It's what it is and it's core. And it definitely works. So I recommend it fully to try to find people there because it might turn out that It will be easier because they don't get as many messages as they get to their emails. And what's the easiest way to find you on the internet? I think for everyone, my website and Instagram. But I like to respond to emails. That's why I stated on my website that if you want to contact me, don't hesitate. Just write an email. And not only for some professional works or something like that, but also just to talk. I'm open to that. You guys know where to find her now. Thank you so much for this conversation, Anne. Thank you very much. Just as usual, we have linked our guest details in the show notes. You can find them on photographypodcast.net. There, you can also use the option to record your question. 
to make sure it will become part of our Q&A episode for the end of 2019. You can also shoot us an email there, or you can simply reach out to us through the social media, photography underscore podcast. You can ask us all kinds of questions. You can go personal or go business or all about lighting or whatever you like. I'm so excited to see or even listen to your questions. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. And I'll see you again on Wednesday. Wednesday.